in today's show. Yahoo's open and there are rankings. We're going to talk about them. Michael Bolton, he's going to listen. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. Last show I did was a fake protection of an expansion draft did all the Eastern Conference teams, and I am going to do the Western Conference teams. That's going to come this week, and then we're going to do the actual draft there. But on Friday, I think it was, maybe it was Thursday, I don't know, um, while I was up skiing, I did avoid a torn ACL, although only just. I did uh, I did sprain it, and it was pretty sore. But I was able to get down a mountain, as you may have seen a clip on Instagram or Twitter, very, very poorly. Um, while that happened, while I was up there skiing, the um, Yahoo opened up, and they dropped their first rankings of the season. Now, I'm not going to go into this is your sleepers and this is your bust because A, don't draft now. Don't. Just don't do it. Like, don't do it now. Don't do it in August. Maybe you do it in September, but probably not. I don't mind September that much, but you don't do it now. So, there's a couple of things about these rankings. I don't know how spicy I'm going to get today about this, but let's talk about the utility of rankings. They've got to be there, of course, right? And they are going to change drastically. They're going to change a lot. But one thing we have to understand with rankings and pre-ranks like this on Yahoo and other sites is that they try to be all-encompassing. And when you do that, you're wrong. You can't do it. It's impossible to do. And it's going to lead areas, lead to areas of exportation and areas where people can criticize. Rightfully so, because you can't do it. And I'll tell you why you can't do it. Because the latest information that I received, this is about a year ago, is that 55, I think 55% of leagues on Yahoo were head-to-head category leagues. 40% of those leagues, or 40, 40% of leagues on Yahoo were Yahoo points leagues. And then 5% of them were rotisserie leagues. In general, when we're looking at player raiders on sites, they incorporate, well, they're, they're sort of rotisserie style rankings. Every category ranked equally across the board when that's the, the minority of leagues. Head-to-head leagues, there's all punting stuff involved in that. You know that I advocate a lot for using minus one rankings, meaning just taking away the player's worst category and you know, discounting the turnovers and trying to get fair evaluation that way. Um, and then in points leagues, rankings are wildly different. So these pre-ranks try to mush all of that together and you cannot, it's, it's actually literally impossible to do. So when you see these numbers, being able to understand what's for what, what isn't for what, how this makes sense, is important to know. And that's why I stress, highly, highly stress, that when I'm talking about things during the season, is that the rank number doesn't mean that much. If a guy's 50th or 68th in a category league, it doesn't matter that much. It's about what it means for your team, where 
is that guy contributing to your team? Is he helping or hurting? How does the statistics that he provide, do they drop off after he goes? All of that stuff becomes way more important than a statistical formula of Z scores that puts a guy two spots ahead of another player, meaning you take him two spots ahead, which is not what it means at all. And getting that mindset out of you, in points it's very different. If someone averages 55 versus someone averaging 54, then you take the 55 guy every single time. But in a category league, there's a lot of differences there. And what these ranks try to do is push everything together. And you can't do it. It's, it's actually impossible. And it's going to lead to situations where there are numbers which look weird, but you've got to understand that this is catering to at least three different types of formats. And that's not even including deeper formats, real salary leagues. They're so minuscule though, it doesn't really matter. But when, when we're talking about the, the main formats, the differences between rotisserie head-to-head and points leagues is significant. And it leads to some wonkiness. Now, some of this with these Yahoo early ranks is pure incompetence and laziness. And I'll call that out when I see it as well. And I don't really understand the point of putting out a list because people say, oh, they'll update it, don't worry. It'll just get fixed. So why do it? So why put it out in the first place if it's incomplete with no care attended to it? That's what I don't understand. Yes, I know they'll fix it. And I know exactly almost when they'll fix it. And they'll, multi- they'll adjust it multiple times. In fact, they'll adjust their preseason ranks three months into the season. So it looks like they're more accurate. Which has been done before, like last season. So I know that it'll change. And it, it, doesn't, it, def- it doesn't change the point that why put something out where the attention to detail isn't there. That's my issue. And in saying all of that, we're going to look at them anyway. And it's worth, it's worth looking at these numbers. But again, if for some reason you've got a draft now, please don't. But if you do, there's a lot of exploitation that you can go through here. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's look at the top 24. First two rounds of a 12-team standard draft, of course. And remember, again, is this for a points league? Is this for a category? Who knows? It's the same numbers they put out there, which, of course, is incredibly incorrect. It's not incorrect, though, to have Big Chungus number one. No problem, right? He's got to be number one. There's no guarantee he finishes at number one, but you've got to take him at number one. I don't see any other way around that, apart from Dynasty, of course. You've got to take Jokic at one. Straightforward stuff. And then at number... This season, trying to look through all of this, and by the way, I've done my first pass projections for every team, so that's good. I don't want to pick at pick two. I don't think I want to pick... If I don't pick at one, I don't think I want to pick in the top... Five. Actually, that's not true. I don't mind two. But every other player is just a gigantic question mark. So I'd almost rather be at seven or eight and get whatever falls to me and then get an earlier pick in round two. They have got Jokic at one, Durant at two. I don't know where Durant is playing. I don't think it matters that much, but it might matter a little bit. And the fact that we're not going to be able to rely upon him to stay healthy. And he's almost 34. I wouldn't feel comfortable about taking him at two. And then they've got Trey Young at three. Um, like what? Sorry? Trey Young's at three. Trey Young was sixth last season in a points league. Trey Young was 10th. And they've gone, well, DeJounte Murray's joining the team. Therefore, he's definitely getting more touches. I assume that's the logic. That's that's off. You don't take him at three. That's, but again... With Durant's uncertainty, the guy at four, Joel Embiid, health record. 
The guy at five, Carl Anthony Towns. The presence of Gobert. I think Towns at five might be too high. Six is Steph Curry. Does he just rest more games as a uh, championship hangover? I don't know. Uh, the, the top there after Jokic is pretty rough. In fact, the guy that I would probably take it to isn't even on this top eight list. So let's just go through it. Durant at two. Yeah, I can get it, but you know, maybe in a roto league where you have games cap and you can deal with the absences better, fine. Trey Young at three, absolutely not. Embiid at four, it's a risk. You roll the dice, who knows? Five is Towns. I don't think so. I think he's more back end of the top 10. Curry at six. It probably feels about right. Doncic at seven. I know there'll be plenty of you out there going, well, I play nine cat and Doncic is a third rounder, but he's absolutely not, in my opinion. Like, he just isn't. So I have absolutely no worries with taking Doncic at seven or even at five. Again, it all comes down to you playing rotisserie, you're playing head-to-head. Do you care about turnovers? You shouldn't when valuing players. You pun a category, he's right up there. All right, this should be about the area for Doncic, I think. So, yeah, I think it's a, I don't think it's a correct argument to say he's a third rounder. So, therefore, would that mean you wouldn't take him in the third round? No, it's not. This is about the right spot for Doncic. And then Tatum at eight. Where did Tatum finish last season? 15th. What if Durant does go there? The, we can look at all this. I, I, I don't... No, not 15th, sorry. 14th for Tatum last season. How much... How much does he get to go up from there? How much does he improve from there? I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable with him at eight. In fact, the top of the draft this year is just really rough. It's really rough, I think. You might disagree. We'll get to the rest of the top 24 in a second before I do that. I already smashed down one this morning. A delicious Built Bar. But it wasn't the new Built Bar Puff. They are unbelievable. And the new flavor, Indulgent Cookie Dough. It's covered in chocolate, as always. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. Built has done it again. It's cookie dough chunk puff, a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough, cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and with a whopping 15 grams of protein, you know you're doing the best for your body. Run to Built.com, snag a box for yourself and the family. I feel like snag is such an Aussie term. I didn't realize it'd be in its American copy. I was going to go snag some. Um, anyway, snag a box for yourself. It'll be the perfect treat where you can really find, uh, or if you find a really good hiding spot, you can just hide them for yourselves. Maybe Aussies would say jag. We say jag, jag a box. All right, anyway, it doesn't matter. What's great about Built is all these bars are made with collagen protein. It's super e- easy to absorb that. And with low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high protein, the nutritional profile is unbelievable. So go to Built.com, use the code LOCKED15. You know it. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And get 15% off your order. Built Bar, of course, is built different. The guy I would take at number two. Giannis Antetokounmpo. But Josh's free throws. Yeah, I don't care. I just actually don't care. In a roto league, it's a little bit harder. But the uncertainty of all of those other guys ahead of him, Durant, Trey, Embiid, Towns, Curry, Tatum. The only one who doesn't really have uncertainty ahead of him there is Doncic. Giannis doesn't have that uncertainty. I think that's who I would take it to. Um, but that's in a head-to-head category. Like in a points league, of course, very different stuff. Giannis was number two in points leagues. You obviously take him at two again this season. I think you take him, you know, Jokic, Antetokounmpo, and Doncic, one, two, three in points leagues. Um, and we know the correlation in points league 
to players getting minutes and high usage. That they are the two highest correl or two of the highest four correlations across everything we did in terms of value. So those guys really, really step up there. And when you've got question marks about health on Durant and Embiid and the reduction in maybe stats for Towns and the reduction in usage for Trey and maybe games missed for Steph, like <clears throat> all those things have to factor in. So Giannis is ranked ninth and it's sort of hedging their bets a little bit. It's saying, oh, yeah, in a point that we know he'll be higher in a category league, if people are looking at Roto, he'll be lower. Yeah, it's just, I think it's way too low. I would take him much higher. Tenner's the mellow ball. And you know what? I think it's about right. He was 15th last season. People are worried, I oh, know Miles Bridges is going to hurt him. I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to mean he gets more usage and he's in his third year. So his numbers are probably going to head up. No problem with Lamelo at 10. James Harden at 11. Yeah. Um, it's too low. I think Harden is going to be pretty strong this season. Harden was fifth last season. Fifth. With all that nonsense going on, he was eighth in points leagues. If you get Harden, like this is why I said, if I, if I get a pick at the end of the first round, if Harden's there, whoo, I am laughing. I would I would probably take Jimmy in the top five. Probably. 12 is Kyrie. Uh, talk about uncertainty. Uh, what the hell are we doing with this guy? You know on a per-game basis, he'll probably smash this. Where do you take the risk? Is it here? They've dropped LeBron down to 13, which is interesting. LeBron was fourth last season, fifth in points leagues. Now, that was obviously really unexpected, and he played like 30, over 30, 37 minutes and on average 30 points and average over a block because he played center. And those things aren't going to happen again this season. So I do expect a, a significant drop-off from LeBron, but we know LeBron tends to go higher in drafts. I think this is actually probably around the right spot, although... Of course, if, stop me if you've heard it before, there's an injury risk with LeBron. There always is when you're 37 years old. People will reach into the top 10 for him, which will mean some of these other guys, Lamelo or Harden or Doncic, probably not. Um, some of these guys will push down a little bit, which is good for us. I think it's egregious to have Harden at 11. And I think on the surface, it's egregious to have Ja Morant at 14. But, there's a big but that comes associated with that. Ja Morant surprised me last season. I wasn't a big fan of his fantasy game, and that's because he'd never been a top 100 player before, which I think that's fair enough. He ended last season ranked 28th, well above what I expected. He was able to get his usage sky high and got some efficiency up but still, and, and got some more steals. Still wasn't awesome. Like He's, he's great, but he's not like pushing top 20. Um, and I just don't see the extra, extra level that pushes him to basically first-round player. But, again, this is where the issue comes in. He ranked 11th in points leagues last season. So in a points league, this is totally fine. It's too low, in fact. In a category league, it's too high. But depend, irrespective of what league you're in, when you head into that draft room, Ja Morant at the moment is sitting at 14. So it might be, wow, that's actually low. I'd rather take him at nine, which is no problem. I don't think it's a problem in a points league to take him at nine. Or you're in a category league, oh, I don't think I'll take him to round three. And that's the problem with these ranks that don't take any consideration to what you're actually doing in the league. 15 is Damian Lillard. I know he got hurt last season, but that, that's, that's too low. Does last season's injury mean that he'll get injured this season? Well, no. Pretty clearly, no. It doesn't mean he won't get injured, but it doesn't mean he will get injured. That's too low for him. And then, I don't think I want to deal with this at all. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Kawhi's at 16 I, I think he'll sit most back-to-backs I think he'll be probably top 8 on a per-game basis 
but he's going to miss a lot of time. He could easily be 16th for totals, but totals can be misleading because it's about when you play the games. And, you know, in the playoffs, if he plays 11 games or if he plays seven games, it's very different in a head-to-head league. I don't think 16... I don't think I'd want to take that risk when there are a couple of guys after him I'd be happy taking. Let's round out the first two rounds. 17 is Jimmy Butler. Look at the injury risks here. 17, Jimmy Butler. He's always going to get hurt with something. There's always something with him in his lower body. 18, Anthony Davis. Well, if Anthony Davis is healthy, he'll be a top 10 player probably. But we can't trust that at all. 19 is Paul George. George really struggled last season, but he was, what, 13th overall? He struggled. There's no doubt about it. But he mainly struggled because he couldn't hit any shots. So usage will drop, but I think efficiency might rise a little bit. I don't have a problem with Paul George in this area. Bradley Beal at 20, he was the guy that routinely went in the first round last season and then struggled. I, unlike Lillard, I'm not as convinced that it was all injury with Beal. I think maybe he just wasn't that good. And I think this is a fair sort of spot. 21, Bam Adebayo. 22, Donovan Mitchell. Who knows where he plays? 23, Devin Booker. And 24, Fred Van Vliet. I think Van Vliet's a little bit of a steal there. I think he's probably a top 20 player. Booker and Mitchell. Mitchell might be a little high. But otherwise, that seems okay. So when we look at this top 24, there's nothing sort of egregious with it. I, I, I think Jar is too high for category leagues. I think Giannis is too low for both formats. I think Trey is too high. But it's sort of okay. It's not, there's nothing majorly crazy with the top of the, uh, of the Yahoo Fantasy ranks, I don't believe. That just reminded me there. I had to pause the recording. It's got a message from my son. He's like, RIP Bill Russell. And yes, absolutely. RIP Bill Russell, one of the goats of the game. Um, would have been great to actually watch him play in, a, uh, yeah, in this sort of environment. But he was unbelievable. And it seems like an absolute goat person as well. So Bill Russell, RIP. Um, so let's go through the rest of the ranks. What stood out to me? I'm not going to go through every one of them, but I'm going to go through stuff that was interesting. And we'll start with number 26, DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray was obviously very good last season. 11th in category leagues, 7th in points leagues, after having an ADP of 51. One of the biggest surprises and steals of the draft, if not the biggest. 26, playing alongside Trey Young, is probably about right. I think they actually nailed that one. In fact, just to, again, this is my initial projections as well. I've got him 27th in category leagues. So it's about, it's actually bang on, all right? So I don't think there's any problem with that. Tyrese Halliburton at 29 feels crazily low. Again, part of this is the problem with combining points and categories. He was 24th in category leagues last season. And that's with two thirds of the season playing in Sacramento. So he's going to bump up from there. There is a risk, I guess, with him, with being shut down towards the end of the season. Maybe if you buy that, the paces are completely tanking. I'm not sure they will be, but maybe you buy that. Um, and part of the reason he's this low is last season, he was 44th in points leagues. It's a big difference. And that is, that's important here. Cade Cunningham's 36. They've bumped Cade up from where he finished last season. I think he was 51st or 53rd last season. I think Cade's going to push into the top 25 this year. I wouldn't want to draft him there. And 36 is probably about the right spot, I think. There is risk associated with it, but I'd be happy to take it on. 40 is Jaron Jackson, and there is under no circumstance do I want a part of that. Absolutely none. Jaron Jackson's great. He's a top 20 upside player. He's got a broken foot. I don't know when he's coming back. 
I don't know what he's going to do when he comes back. I don't know how much he's going to play. That is burning a pick. That is no way. He should be in the 90s, I, I would think, if you want to consider how much he's going to miss. And I don't know how much he's going to miss, but, you know, he might miss 40 games. He might miss 50 games. I, I don't know. I'm not taking that risk at 40. There is no way. 47, Josh Giddy. Okay. We all like Josh Giddy. I hope. I think we all do. Uh, it's too high. It's, it's just too high. Poor shooting, poor threes, lower steal numbers, no blocks, bad free throws, low scoring. Why are we taking him that high? In points leagues last season, he was 68th. Category leagues, he was around 100th, I think. Let me double check that. He was no, 92nd, right? It's okay. I think he takes a big jump forward. I'm not willing to do that into the top 50, though. I think this is interesting, having Jonas Valanciunas at 50. Jonas Valanciunas. And I say that because he had a great year last season. Absolutely a fantastic season, Valanciunas did. He, you know, he was 35th, and we were saying, oh, when Zion comes back, it's going to be a real problem for him. The thing is, Zion never came back. Zion is back, and I think there's going to be a bit of a squeeze. Because let's say they start McCullum, Ingram, Jones, Zion, Valanciunas. You'd expect that. They've got to try and find Devontae Graham some playing time. There's Jackson Hayes. There's Larry Nance. There's Trey Murphy. They could play a lot of Zion at center. Valanciunas might not close games. He played 30 minutes a night last season. There's no reason that he's necessarily going to hit that number again. He might. So I think it's an interesting spot to have him. I don't think it's wrong necessarily. I just think there is some risk associated with it. 55 is Lonzo Ball. Shit scared of his knee. Absolutely. Now, he was like a top 30 player last season. 36, actually, on a per-game basis. But the knee is a real problem. So um, I'm not investing that high of pick in him. And then 56 is Christian Wood. The old crucifix, who... Has some real free throw issues, but he is a top 50 player. He was top 50. If we look at minus one for categories, if you take that free throw out, he's a top 50 player, which is fine. But if they're seriously going to start JaVale McGee over him, it does put a real limit on what Wood can do. And given his, how would you say it? Off the court um, peculiarities. Yeah, the fact that he's a dickhead. How's he going to go if he's playing a smaller role and he's coming off the bench? I don't want to invest that high of a pick in someone where their role is so questionable at this point. Zion's at 51. Okay. He can be top 20 easily. And I know you'll tell me in a category league, he's got all these negatives. That's fine. But getting that level of scoring at that level of efficiency is impossible to do. So it all depends. Again, he might be worth 30 to you. He might be worth 70 to somebody else. That's why, again, numerical rankings in category leagues tend to have some issues and some um, things that you've got to try and work through. And understand. But I think 51 is probably about fair for Zion. We've got Maga Porter Jr. returning from injury. He's at 58. Last season, he was a popular like third-round pick. And of course, we thought, I know Jamal Murray. He's going to be the second guy. Usage going up. Great efficiency. He played like five games. His back was done, and that was it. So I get having him here. I think this is totally fine. There's still a risk associated with his back. Once it's three surgeries he's had on it. Um, and now Murray is back as well. He'll probably be a limited Porter at times throughout the season. I probably will avoid him, but it's not a bad spot. Brogdon at 64 feels insane to me. I, I just, I, I don't get it. Are they banking on a Durant trade for Jalen Brown? 
Brogdon last season, per game, was 49th. That was playing 34 minutes a night with a 24 usage as the number one guy on the Pacers. What is he now on the Celtics? Number four, five? He might, look, there are two point guards coming off the bench, him and White. Is he going to play 30 minutes a night? I'd be pretty staggered if he did. 64 is just an absolute waste for me. I thought Tyrese Max hit 67 was really interesting. He had a great breakout last season, but there is absolutely no guarantee that Maxi continues to shoot 43% from three. Just remember that. One of the, the second highest three-point shooter last season behind Bain. In fact, he might have actually been number one. I don't remember. He was one, he was one or two. If it drops 4% or four percentage points and Harden ups his usage because he was relatively low usage, Maxi might not return this value. He, he might, but he might not. It is a risky one. He was around this spot last season, 68th. But it's, it is risky. I love, I love that the headmaster, Jamal Murray, is ranked 69th. Giggity. Did that play? Giggity. Oh, I can't hear the sounds. I hope my uh, headphones are working. Sorry, we're just having technical difficulties here. Can I, did that, did that sound play? Let's go again. Double check. Giggity. Ah, there we go. We're back in business. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I actually think there's some real value in that. I know there's talk, oh, maybe he's not going to be ready for the season. Is this the new thing the NBA is doing? We're all just going John Isaac and missing two years for an ACL? Murray's cleared 12 months. He's like 14 months post-ACL. In most other sports, people are back 11 months. I, I don't get this, this doom pr- pr- yeah, predict- production, production, projection. I don't know what I'm trying to say about Murray being a, missing back-to-backs and playing limited minutes. He really should just be ready to go. Um, but maybe he's not. I'd be happy taking there. I wanted to put this guy's name in here because, again, it's just, what are we doing? Miles Bridges is ranked 77th. If you could tell me who he played for Yahoo, I'd love to know because he plays for nobody at this point and he probably won't play for anybody. So don't take Miles Bridges. Rowan Barrett's at number 80. Okay. A lot of people like RJ Barrett. I think he's okay. He was 72nd in points leagues last season. Do you want to guess where he was in categories? You probably know. He was outside the top 200. Because low steals, in fact, minuscule steals, minuscule blocks, bad field goals, bad free throws. Maybe he improves them. Maybe he doesn't. Taking that risk at pick 80 is insanity. You just don't do it. He's just not good enough to do that. But in a points league, no worries. The New York ecosystem's all jacked up as well. And that's the I'm going to have this debate, I think, with people across the preseason when... And I've heard it mentioned so many times. Well, we've got to see how Jalen Brunson goes being the number one option. By number one, do you mean number three? Like, is Jalen Brunson going to be the number one option over Barrett and Randall? What the hell is going on on that team? There are so many question marks, and Barrett at 80 is a big one. Colin Sexton at 82, also a bloke that doesn't have a team. And even if he does have a team, who's carving out the space for Colin Sexton, who gets no rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks? to be a high-usage 24-point-per-game scorer, which is what he'd need to do to be 82nd. Absolutely no chance for me of taking him there. Don't see why you would, but no team. There are plenty of guys in the Yahoo ranks that don't have teams. Dennis Schroeder's ranked. Montrez Harrell is ranked. There are guys ranked there who are still listed as on their former teams. Again, it's what I talk about. Why put it out if you're going to half-ass it if it's going to be lazy? I don't understand it. And let's get into a little bit more of that. You want to talk some early steals? 96, Jalen Green. That's top 50 for me. Pretty comfortably, I take him in the top 50. 
I don't actually know where I've got him projected. So maybe I'm just talking at the side of my head. Um, well, actually, I don't have him in the top 50. I'm gonna have, that's why I do a first pass, second pass, third pass. But I have him higher than 96th. That's too low. Bob Covington at 99. Have you looked at the Clippers' depth chart? They've got two point guards, Wall and Jackson. And then there's Norman Powell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, Nick Patoon, Robert Covington, Ivica Zubats, Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann. There's like 13 rotation players on that team. Covington is going to play some backup center. He's going to play okay minutes, but it's going to be concentrated into probably steals and blocks, maybe just steals. And I'm not sure he's going to get enough minutes. There's a real risk with him there because I just don't know how this rotation is going to go. 106 is Keldon Johnson. Now, Keldon Johnson's a guy that in the past has been a guy who gets some scoring numbers, okay, with nothing else, with some poor percentages. But if you weren't paying attention to the Spurs at the end of the last season, I don't blame you. He improved a lot. He got some uh, um, peripheral stats going. His efficiency improved. And he is probably probably going to be the number one option on this team. If he is a top 40 player next season, do not be shocked because he is just going to get a ton of volume. And if he can continue some of the efficiency improvements and some of the peripheral stat accumulation stuff that improved, eh, it's coming. 106 is too low. 111 for Mo Bumba, I think is too high. Where's Mo Bumba in the front court pecking order? You've got Wendell Carter Jr. You've got Paolo Bunkero. You maybe have Jonathan Isaac. You've got Chumura Kiki. Like, where, where does Bumba fit? Mo Bumba had good fantasy numbers last year. 73rd in category leagues. Played 26 minutes a night, though. 101st in points leagues. Like, I highly doubt that he's playing 26 minutes a night again. And I just wouldn't want to take him there. Same with Boucher at 118. Not interested. And John Isaac, I just thought this was worth mentioning. He's 119th. I'm not going to take him because, again, I think their front court is set. It's Wagner, it's Bunkero, it's Carter. Isaac, if you didn't know, is coming off another injury, a torn hamstring, which he had surgery for in March, along with the ACL and everything else. I think he's probably going to play, but I wouldn't expect much. So I don't think I'd want to waste a pick. It's... I basically put him there and Boucher there and Pokyshevsky at 127th on this list to highlight that Brandon Clark's in between them all. Now, Brandon Clark is a much better category league player than points league player, but he's probably going to start and play 28 minutes a night while Jaron Jackson's out and be a top 60 player for that run. Getting him that late, which I don't think you're going to be able to do in most competitive leagues, but that would be an absolute steal to get in there. Poku at 127, you're laughing. What are we doing? Absolutely. No. What, what are we doing? Is Poku going to start? Almost no chance. Is he going to even play in the rotation? Have a look at that team. You want to talk about the Clippers rotation? Have a look at the Thunder. They've got to cut four blokes. Like guys like Ty Jerome and Teo Melodon might, might not even make the roster. Poku at 127 is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy? Yeah, pretty crazy. That's the word. Can we get over TJ McConnell? 129th. I don't know why you would waste a pick on him. Absolutely no reason for him to be there. Oh, if you want to talk Jalen Brunson, yes, I think Jalen Brunson is going to have a pretty good season. He's 132nd here. That's insane. Why is he so low? I don't believe he's going to be the number one option or a third round fantasy play. He might be. I don't think he's going to be that. But 132, like that's that's laziness. Kemba Walker's one spot below him. Oh yeah, he plays for nobody. Do we actually think that Kemba, who they've got listed as playing for Detroit, which he doesn't, do we actually think that Kemba, if he finds a team, is going to provide the same value as Jalen Brunson? Again, laziness. 
Don't put it out if you're going to do that. Kemba shouldn't be 133rd. What are we talking about? The delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Well, if you're getting him at 140, it's about two steps until you finish, not 17. Because that's a steal. Now, he is going to have foul trouble. He probably won't make 30 minutes a night. But their backup center is probably Usman Garuba. Maybe it's Jabari Smith. There is no other option. He is their center. There is no other option on that team. So, oh, Sorry, there's Bruno Fernando. Cool. Um, he's going to get first crack. He's going to be a top 100 player. I think in the end... Where do I have him projected? Let's give me a, I'll give you guys a little sneak peek there. At the moment, I've got him 77th. I, okay. And he can easily get ahead of that. That's being pretty conservative. Jaden McDaniels is 150th. He's going to start for the Timberwolves. Now, admittedly, his upside can be a little bit low because he's not a high usage player. Um, he's not the highest steals and blocks guy. But I think he should be drafted higher than that. And now... Strap yourselves in. This is where the stupidity begins. Paulo Banquero is 172nd. And I know that people will have excuses and they'll say, well, they're rookies. They'll just adjust them later on. Okay. Why even bother putting the 170? Either you put the rookies in where you think they're going to go or don't put them in at all. And we're going to talk about that as we go through. Why would Banquero be 172nd? He's going to be a player that goes in the top 80. He's probably going to return top 70 value, I would guess. Why would you even bother? Like someone has to slide him in there. It's not an automatic formula based on what he did last season because he didn't play. It's not a generic rookie ranking because the other rookies aren't there. They're in other spots. Someone just said 172nd sounds right. When in, in reality, it sounds horribly, horribly wrong. That is a huge deal. Monty Morris is 183rd. I don't think Morris is going, again, much like Jalen Bronson. Oh, Morris, big spike in usage. I don't think so. He's still playing with Beal and Barton and Porzingis and Kuzma and Hachimura. I don't think Morris is going to come and go, all right, boys, Monty's got this. I'm going to run everything. I do think he gets a spike in assists, though. But regardless, he's got a top 100 chance, I guess. 183 is insane. Markel Fultz. I think Markel Fultz will start over Cole Anthony. I don't know that. But there's a little bit of value in scrolling down to find him at 198th. I think there's value in that. Here's where we start to get wild. Why is Chet Holmgren 212th? Chet will go in the third round of drafts. I won't take him there, but that's where he will go. Chet will probably be, almost definitely, my guess, a top 50 player. Probably higher. 212th. What are we doing? Why? What's going on? Why are you putting him there? That makes no sense. Not one person can give me a logical reason why you would slot him there. If you do have a logical reason why Chet Holmgren will be 212th, drop it in the comments below, and I'll be sure to get back to you and tell you that you're wrong. Onyekara Okongwu at 216. Okongwu was 150th last season, off the top of my head. Let's have a look. No, actually 137th in tw um, 21 minutes. Cool. Yeah. Jaden Ivey, 227th. Now... I don't particularly know what Ivy's going to do. He doesn't have the greatest fantasy game. And I think for a stretch of the season, he'll be outside the top 200. I don't even know that he'll start. I don't know what Dwayne Casey will do. But I just wanted to highlight that he was there. And then Herbalife Jones at 242. I know that Zion Williamson is returning. I know that. Jones was 98th in category leagues last season. He was 146th in points leagues last season. He played 30 minutes a night. And there is a possibility that he loses some value with Zion coming back. 
This 242nd is crazy. Jared Vanderbilt. Look at the Jazz roster. Go, go to the Jazz roster and have a look who their power forwards are. There's one name. It's him. Oh, I guess you could say that Boyan Bogdanovich is a powerful, but when you do that, look at who their small forwards are. Oh yeah, there's none of them either. All their centers. There's Walker Kessler and Yudoka Azebuke. There is nobody in that front court. Jared Vanderbilt doesn't score much, but he'll rebound, he'll get steals, he'll block some shots, he'll have insane field goal percentage. That is a crazy number. 243 for, uh, for Vanderbilt. He was 127th last season in 25 minutes, averaging seven points per game. Devin Vassell at 244. Well, Vassell can easily crack the top 70 this season. He'll probably be number two in usage behind Keldon Johnson. He'll play over 30 minutes. He can get steals. He can get some assists. He can rebound. He can shoot threes. You're going to have to scroll down to find him and do it. And then, even stupider, is Franz Wagner's 245th. This is what I mean when I'm saying this. And I don't know who put these rankings together. I don't know. I've got no idea. But how you can look at the list of players and go, well, it will be adjusted. That's cool. Franz Wagner was 99th last season. 99th. And he played only 31 minutes a night. And yes, Bunkero is arriving. And there are other guys coming through. The future of this team is Bunkero and Wagner. That, that is the future combination. So while Wagner, he might lose a couple of spots of value. That is entirely fine. Does he move from being a 10-team league player to being barely an 18-team league player? Of course not. There is no justification for it. Isaiah Hartenstein is at 256. Like The dude was like top 100 down the stretch in playing 21 minutes a night. I know Tom Thibodeau gives single-figure usage to his centers, and that's going to have an impact on Hartenstein, and I don't know how much he's going to play with Robinson ahead of him, although he probably shouldn't be. But that's crazy to find him that low. The Mavericks' alleged starting center, JaVale McGee, is at 259th. Not advocating for him to be top 100, but why would he be that low? JaVale McGee last season, in under 16 minutes a night, ranked 169th in category leagues. Do we think he's going to play that little? I think he's going to play more. 271, Max Struess. Yeah, he started for Miami. Is he great? No. But should he be out of consideration for 20-team leagues? Of course not. The big stiffy Bones Highland, 279. A lot of people are expecting a big breakout from Bones, and I think there is a possibility of that. There's no Austin Rivers. There's no Will Barton. There's no Monty Morris. All those guys are gone. But Jamal Murray does come back. Um, and KCP is there. So Bones won't start. But if Murray does miss games, I think Bones is going to take a big step forward. And again... We're not necessarily looking at him as a 12-team must-draft, although I love him as a late pick. This is insane. Davion Mitchell at 286. Now, I am way lower on Davion Mitchell than others. There are some people who think that he's going to start and be a top 100 guy. And I look at that team and go, I don't actually think so. Because there's Darren Fox, there's Kevin Herter, there's Malik Monk. Oh, yeah. The guy who started before he got injured last season was Terrence Davis as well. Mitchell will be ahead of him, but there is a distinct possibility that Davion Mitchell's like the fourth guard and playing almost exclusively backup point guard minutes. He probably won't. He'll get some at the two, but it's not like there's a clear path for 30 minutes. But still, 286th for Davion Mitchell seems pretty low. Portland's potential starting small forward in a sea little, 306th. Okay. Okay. San Antonio's almost definite starting point guard, Trey Jones, is 308th. 
oh, don't worry, they'll adjust this before the season starts. Then why do it now? Maybe it's Primo who starts a point guard. I don't think he's a point guard. But Trey Jones at 308 is crazy. This, th- these next two are probably the more insane, some of the most insane ones there are. Sticks, Jalen Smith. Stand by your man. I'm going to stand by my man, Jalen Smith. He's 309th. I think he'll be top 100 very easily. He is, they, they have said he's going to be the starting power forward. I don't know why they would announce that, but honestly, the competition is him or a Shea Brissett. So it's, it's Jalen Smith. That is insane. And then the bloke who is either going to be the backup center or the starter if they get rid of Miles Turner is Isaiah Jackson at 342. Even if Turner's there opening night, I'm taking Jackson last round and seeing what happens. If he plays 20 minutes a night, he probably will be top 150. If he plays 25, he'll be top 75. Having Sticks at 309 and Isaiah Jackson at 342 makes no sense. Some other names that I thought were pretty interesting to look at. Quentin Grimes at 348. I think there is a massive chance that he starts over Ivan Fournier. He won't do what he did in summer leagues. He just won't have the usage next to Randall, Barrett, Brunson. But that's too low. Again, that is out of 20 team leagues. And in 14 team leagues, I would take Grimes. 388, Isaiah Livers. I am hoping that a competent coach in Detroit, that he's not there. But if a competent coach was in Detroit, that Livers would start and play at the four next to Isaiah Stewart or Jalen Duran, and not Marvin Bagley. Their rot- like I talked about the Clippers and talked about the Thunder. The Pistons rotation is whack. It's so crazy. Like There's, like again, 12 guys who are probably, you know, not 12 of them, but there's at least eight guys who are like 10th man quality. So how do you fit them all in? Noel, Duran, Stewart, Livers, Bagley. Someone's going to miss out there. I think Livers is at least worth more than a flyer at 388. Walker Kessler. Potential Jazz starting center. You've got to go all the way down to 444 to find him. I'd be doing that. Keegan Murray, Summer League MVP, 454. While I'm not as high on him as some others, he's a top 100 guy. What's he doing down there? And again, oh, they just put the rookies at the end. They did not. They put some rookies at the end. They put some higher. They put Duran at 227th and Chet at 12, 212 and Paolo at 172. But they went Keegan Murray. Ah, who cares, mate? Keegan go at 450 and they won't notice. Why would they notice? Jabari Smith at 462. Oh, okay, so we're not even putting them in order of draft picks. We're just randomly throwing them in. All right. Jalen Williams at 465. Jalen Duran at 469. And Mark Williams at 499. Oh, hi, Mark. If you're going to put out a list, at least make it make sense. Don't just throw the rookies at the end. And then two other guys outside the top 500. Benedict Matherin, who I think is going to be worthy of a late pick. And Tari Eason at 509. And the minutes aren't necessarily there straight away for Eason with Jay Sean Tate, but I think they can come. But in no world, in no circumstance, are these guys outside the top 500. So my message is, don't draft now. But if you are, there's plenty of steals available. I'm not going to go through and tell you every single thing about every ranking there because you shouldn't be doing anything with it now. And it's going to adjust a lot. But it is worth pointing out that some of this stuff just makes no sense. And you cannot provide me a logical explanation why some of these things happen. Just focus on. Focus on what we can do for our drafts. Yahoo needs to focus on putting out numbers that make more sense and not focusing on here's the top 20 only and everything else will just let it fall. And that rookie placement's crazy to me. In saying all that, 
follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, thumb it up, leave your comments down below. I am going to do something on contract year players tomorrow. Be ready for that. We're going to do more expansion stuff, and we're going to start to do some team previews throughout the month of August as well, so stay tuned for that. Do some stuff on um, preparing for draft and for dynasty leagues also. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.